Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. All right, Chris. So one of the most important things for folks to get their heads wrapped around is this idea that people buy from people they respect, right? People respect people they trust. They trust people they understand who understand them. The important point I'm trying to make, one, is that there is a formula for building a relationship. Nothing drives me nuts more than when a salesperson says they're great at building relationships. I ask them, how do they do that? And they give me the same old bullshit, you know, dinner, entertainment, golf. Yeah, but what are you doing in the context of those experiences that build a buying relationship? That's one. The other thing is, do people have to like you to buy from you? Notice the word like is not involved in this formula. I'm going to lay that on you and just ask you, where does that take your head? Well, it it takes my head to my own personal experience. I do not go heavy on that kind of relationship of taking people out to, you know, to games. And I've got my own family that I want to be with. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, and the people that I respect are dedicated to those commitments. You know, they understand that uh, home life is the fourth quarter of the game, and much of life is won and lost in the fourth quarter. So I'm not worried about trying to show up in a way that is uh, always giving the gifts. I'm not worried about showing up in a way that is always likable. I'm worried about showing up in a way, not worried about it, but I'm here to impact. I'm not here to impress. That's so totally tracking with it. My mind is actually going back to something. I remember you said in one of these episodes that I loved and you were quoting from somebody who said this to you. There are people who take me to games and there are people who something else, but I buy from them. They educate me. Boom. That's good too. Because, yeah, you think you're going to educate your way into serving people. No, I buy from people that deliver value. Right, 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 right. right. Was that the phrase? He said deliver value? Yeah, they, they, well, he he said there's salespeople that I, uh, that entertain me, salespeople that uh, educate me, and then salespeople that sell me stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So I think what's, what's interesting here is that the, the entire process we've gone through, in um, module two here, this this idea that we've gone through the wins model. The model is based on asking questions. It's based on creating agreements. What's happening when we're creating those agreements, right? 
besides getting information, besides becoming the emotional favorite, the rational favorite, besides moving somebody through the buying cycle, understanding their problem, and then aligning that problem with your solution and creating this beautiful package that just will blow them away and it will blow you away at how easy it is and systematic it is. You know, there's something at a very basic level that we're doing here. When we ask those questions, we are creating a level of understanding, mutual understanding that that buyer will not have with anyone else. That is how you begin the process of building a buying relationship. And they won't and have they, it with anybody else. Can I ask this real quick? Yeah. Because you know them better. Is that, I, I yeah, understand. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, it's perfect, brother, because a lot of what we are as competitors, right? So let's think about us as salespeople. We are competing. Well, who are you competing against? Well, um, you know, Chris, you would say, well, you're competing against yourself, my son, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Eastern tradition, right? You must defeat and conquer yourself. Uh, that is the battle that we wage. And you learn you don't actually conquer yourself. You give yourself a hug and grow yourself up. There you go, baby. <laughs> Figure that shit out, man. All right, I love it. Uh, so yeah, so it's like, so we're comp we're competing. So who are we competing against? Well, we're positioning ourselves against what alternatives? The alternative is do nothing. The alternative is buy buy from someone else. That's it. Mm -hmm. Do nothing. Buy from someone else. So so. If you can establish a level of understanding that your comp competition is unlikely to establish because of how how focused you are and how and how committed you are to this process, because most other salespeople suck, right? Most other salespeople aren't going to go through this because they're transactional. They don't really give a shit about the other the other person, or they do as far as as just as long as they're buying something, right? And they're not going to. Tend to, they're not going to invest the time and effort that you are. Now you're doing it, you're investing time and effort, but you're doing it with a purpose, right? To create that successful buying decision. So yes, you're investing in differentiating yourself as much as you are establishing this strong connection and moving somebody through a predictable process. Yeah. Well, because this for me is the psychological thing that's happened. Learning wins and applying it is so powerful. Deep down, we all want to be known. Like everybody wants to be known. They want to be seen, heard, and validated. I mean, I can ask this question to people and it's fun to ask it to them. What's the part about you that's the least known or most misunderstood? Like mm. immediately mm. by asking that awesome. question, you form deep rapport. They relax. They share something amazing. It's just a crazy, beautiful conversation that happens. Here's what I've experienced in applying the wins model, validating what you're saying today. Um, because I don't really have, rare do I have a situation where we have a competitor that we lose to, right, in, in sales because of the differentiation of the product that's already there. Where we do lose is delay. Right. And what's wild to me about wins, paradoxical, and that's where all wisdom is found. I geek out on that, the electric middle. <laughs> what's wild to me is by slowing down, you actually remove the way the client might slow down. By slowing down and going through this wins model, you actually remove the way they may hesitate or delay in a way that hurts them. You know, there are times with people that you go through the process and you're like, okay, I get your reason for delay. We're here when you're ready. 
But that just means that we didn't come to an agreed understanding on the urgency of this moment for them. And I think authentically that waiting on their end sometimes is right. And I can let them go, but there are other times when it hurts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what you're going to face. I know what you're going to go through and I know the cost of that. And I can't let my eagerness cause me to rush this process or we're not going to get to this end result. Right, right, right. And, and what we're also doing here, and this is really, really important, in the, we're doing this in the context of selling. So remember, the goal here is a buying relationship, mm. not just a relationship. Mm. Too many salespeople, too many leaders um, are happy just having relationships that don't suck or don't appear to suck, right? People are smiling, getting along. Good to see you. But how do you know it's really, truly authentic? Man, I'll tell you what, it's truly authentic when they buy something from you, right? That's when all the bullshit goes out the window. Um, in, a, in a leadership relationship, it's truly authentic when this person is collaborating with you on solving a problem or they're actually picking up the ball and running with it without you having to ask them. I mean, there's a, there's a connection and a commitment to each other that is, uh, that, that is um, uh, illustrated by evidence. There's the evidence of the connection and the strength of that relationship. It's not just a smile and a, you know, these, these feckless kind of uh, meaningless um, gestures, right? So how do you as a salesperson know you're cultivating a buying relationship? It must begin with this mutual level of understanding and, you know, built on a sincere and mutual level of rapport, right? And then you can move to, right, uh, this level of trust, establishing trust. Mm -hmm. and, And trust just comes from you saying something and then following through. They say something, you hold them accountable and they follow through. Yeah. There's a level of trust re- created. And then the magic is this level of respect that you're able to build on top of that trust. Yeah. Not like, if I ask you to go make someone like you, you're going to behave much differently than when I ask you to go make someone respect you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is thing, I mean, it's the impact versus impress thing that I've push myself, encourage myself, challenge myself, whatever, to constantly evaluate when I'm going to a speaking opportunity, when I'm going to a meeting, whatever. Am I here to impress you or impact you? Not that it's so uh, black and white in the sense that, you know, might might be that I really want to impress people, but at least 60% of me is here to impact them more. It's that tipping factor that, that keeps it in that place of adding real value. Because... You know, I, I you know I had two questions for you with what we're talking about. One, do you need a lot more relationships in your life that may go nowhere? <laughs> right? I don't. Not if, not if not if it's costing you potentially millions of dollars in revenue and commissions and you know month long excursions on a boat with your family around the Mediterranean. I mean, come on. Exactly. And, you know, you know about the stuff I went through earlier this year with the health crisis. Life feels shorter than ever. You know, and the number of times now I'm like, okay, if I'm dead in seven years, do I do this meeting? No. Right. I have a lot of amazing people that I want to spend more time with. 
Does that Love mean I'm closed that. off from new amazing relationships? No, Love I've got space Love for that. it. I'm open for it. Um, so the second question that I have, and this is not just rhetorical because I kind of knew the answer to the first one. This is a legitimate question for you. You get to this stage of the process. Have you ever had a moment where in this trusted relationship, you were like, you know what? I don't think we need to work together right now. Or I think you need to go do this instead. Not Both of us have probably done that at earlier stages, right? But we're talking about something late stage now. It's progressed pretty, pretty far. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. And, and yeah. And, um, you know, you always feel the emotion of this sucks. There's no way I want to work with this person. What a jackass or, or they're lying to me. Right. And you're thinking at first, but you can't just blurt this out. Right. Because that's not going to be constructive. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, so what do you do? Well, it gives you a clue. What should your next question be? Or what should your next statement slash followed with a question be, right? Whenever one of the principles that we teach is if you're going to make a statement, always follow it up with a question so you can regain control of the conversation. People who are asking the questions have control of the conversation. People giving answers do not or making statements do not. So I might just ask the person's permission. Chris, may I put a hold on the conversation for a moment and you give me your, you give me permission. I say, great. Thank you. You know what? Why is it right now? I'm feeling like I can't trust you. Or why is it right now? I feel like you're not giving me the whole truth. What if they don't know they're giving the whole truth? What if okay. they're not actively deceiving? Oh no, Jimmy, I'm not lying to you. Right. I mean, and again, I'm asking a question that a coach might ask. I'm not accusing you of lying. Yeah. Why do I feel like you're not being honest? They might say, well, Jimmy, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you've got a scarcity mentality you have to work on. I have a coach. His name is Chris. He can help you. <laughs> you know, that might be what they say. But, you know, it's, it's why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And, and we stop the conversation and we get to the meat of it, right? So I've had people call, I used to call these, you know, velvet two by four questions. I've had someone recently call them brass knuckle questions. I prefer, I'm, I'm looking for a new word, maybe a better name for them. But the point is, if we're in a role of leadership and time is so important to us and outcome is so important to us, reputation is so important to us, and everything else is so important to us, why sit there and allow someone to steal that time from us? Mm-hmm. Right. It's our responsibility. Now, when you ask a question like that, that is a question that begins to build respect. Mm. Now, of course, the only reason they're sitting with you is because they like you to a degree. Right. There's a there's a like. But, man, I'm not going to try to I'm not going to ask you for your daughter's hand in marriage, dude. I don't need you to like me that much. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's be serious. Well, you're not going to buy from me if you don't respect me. You're going to use me and abuse me, throw me out and negotiate against me and all that shit that I just don't want to put up with. Yeah. Well, and I would say this, you know, I, I think there's two dimensions of this. Good people that are growing and advancing somewhere in their mission in life, being better at priorities, you know, they don't want you to waste their time. They're not playing right. silly power games. Um, they, they, you know, so, so I think for me, what's really powerful about what you're saying, and I've seen this to be true, 
who you who you are, who you attract, to you win more of in business and 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 you want that to be repeatable in a way that you're proud about. And if you're getting people in the door, so to speak, from a sales standpoint, and they're not trusting and respecting you, that's going to be a problem because you're going to reach more like that. Um, I think there are people out there who would buy from someone to use them to get a result, even if they don't trust and respect them. But that speaks to the shady person that they are. Um, but in regards to who we're interacting with, if we're impacting at the highest level, we're not wasting their time. That's the kind of people that we went over. Is there a time to sit around the campfire to go fishing with the friend who's also a client and you aren't using every moment of the interaction to move something forward? Absolutely. But that's not what sales is about. Right. And sales is not about pushing right? This whole idea of showing up as a servant leader, we're not creating an environment where we're pushing, 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 right? Because again, people hate, they hate to be sold, but they love to buy, right? We hate being sold, but we love to buy. So show up as a servant leader and pull them towards you. Create the energy that pulls them towards you, not the energy that forces you upon them. How do you do that? Right? How do you do that? You ask great questions. If I'm around a campfire and there's an op and and, and I and I really want to start, I want to bring up business. I'm not going to say, "Hey, wait, what do you think, John, about the proposal that I gave you last week? Are we a go or no go?" You know, I would I would I would bring up a question about that talks about the impact that we were going to deliver them. Right. So, you know, there are a lot of organizations out there that are looking for this kind of impact. Wait, what options do they have to get there? And I would, I would, I would, you know, create a conversation that would lead them to the result that he, that we had come to earlier. It's a more subtle approach, but it's a, but it's a smarter approach and it creates the pull. It creates the anticipation. It creates the momentum that, that creates the energy in that buying cycle. Our force does not do it. And back to your point before, Chris, about this idea that, you know, Anybody can lie, cheat, and steal their way into a deal with somebody who wants to lie, cheat, and steal with you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But again, we're talking about operating at the highest level. We're also mm -hmm. talking about, we're understanding sales as a, uh, as a game of probability. So we're talking about how do we show up as our best human being in the best way possible as, as that human being that we all want to be and drive predictable growth, mm -hmm. right? Anybody can can con their way into a deal and anybody can discount to give away their business. If you want to give away your business to get a, a, a brand that you just have to have, go for it. But you don't need me to teach you that. You don't need Chris to teach you that, right? We're teaching a way to elevate at a higher level. That's going to reward you at, you know, in ways that you can't possibly imagine. So they get elevated to this higher level. They lead at this higher level. Uh, they're building, their sales skill at this higher level, but then something can throw it off, right? Little things happen. I love the name that you have for it, the tension cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have to give credit to uh, a dear friend and one of the, you know, my favorite human beings on the planet. Um, his name is Michael Lang. And that's, that's a, a, 
uh, a concept and a phrase that he shared with me. Mm. Now, my implementation, as you would expect, Chris, is somewhat different. Mm. But <laughs> but it is um, what it, what it what it describes is a wonderful. It's the it's a wonderful dance that occurs in the context of a sales meeting of an interaction. When you meet someone for the first time, uh, you shake hands, the meeting starts, you're on the phone, the video starts, tension is high. And what are we taught to do as salespeople or as leaders? We're taught to establish rapport. And what happens, what happens then is the tension lowers. And as the tension lowers now, um, you, you have the ability to uh, now kind of, kind of push back, right? The tension is low. They're comfortable. Now you can put on that glove, that velvet glove, and start asking those tougher questions and getting deeper into um, what's going on inside their shop, inside their world, and get, a, get them to a level of, um, uh, of uh, account of authentic, authenticity that they're sharing with you stuff that they might not share with other folks. And then you can move to really establishing a level of vulnerability where they're sharing stuff with you that puts them on the spot, that exposes them and exposes their weaknesses. And as you're doing this, the tension is rising again. And as attention rises, right, you, um, you uh, are recognizing this and you're asking questions that are appropriate around that make it easy for them to say yes and to uh, give you the insights that you're looking for. But you cannot close a meeting when the tension is high. You cannot close for a next step when the tension is high. And you cannot close for a decision to buy when the tension is high. You have to lower the tension again. Mm -hmm. So when you understand the tension cycle and you understand what happens inside the heart and mind of the buyer as you as you um, ask easier questions and as that lower tension allows you to ask tougher questions, you understand the flow of the conversation and you can respond accordingly and you can actually choreograph the dance, choreograph the interaction so that um, you're you're bringing up the appropriate questions at the appropriate time, making it easy for uh, you to establish that buying relationship. Mm. So you just articulated something that helped me realize something I loved uh, 20 years ago. You know, I'm I'm like 23 years old. I'm leading people twice my age, wild experience. Business director was 50. I had been through a cancer scare, a lot of business success financially independent. Um, so had this elevated state of mind for sure. And man, oh my gosh, like he totally would ask the easiest questions when the tension was high. That's phenomenal. I love it. Tension's high, easy questions. Then we get relaxed. And I love how we never want to end the meeting at a tense moment. <clears throat> That needs to like right. Right. be a flashing neon sign for people to see that, tweet that, put that out there. Uh, because what happens is, and and this is the thing that I've noticed for leaders too, not only in sales, but just leadership as a whole, that tension happens and we want to avoid it rather than lean into it. But if we can lean into it, not in a way that we punch it on the nose, but we keep it relaxed. Um that's where all the good stuff comes from. That's where, you know, we're going to learn more about 
we're asking an easy question, what they value, right. who they right. are, you know, what they actually want, what their desires are, what their vision is. And this is what's cool to me. Relief actually comes through honesty. Man. Yeah. Right? For the client, for anybody. Exactly. The meeting for the, you know, we're helping them relax. We're getting relaxed. Uh, what's the way? Oh, this is a way that I think about this. Pretending drains energy. Mm. Honesty unblocks it. Right. Right. Yeah. And we all know we're all smart enough and we're experienced enough to see when someone's struggling, when they're not being honest. I mean, those are, there are telltale physical signs uh, and also behavioral signs that we can sense when, you know, that little voice in the back of our, uh, back of our head is questioning whether or not we're really being told the truth, the whole truth. Rattle those off real quick. What are some telltale signs and behavioral signs that, you, that are people not being honest? Well, um, you know, taking too long to answer a very simple question. So too many words, making shit up as they go, uh, not giving short and complete sentences uh, or, or answers, um, um, telling you things that don't sound like they're possible and then not following up them up with evidence, giving you, making you a statement and not allowing you to see the evidence um, after you challenge them or after you, um, you know, ask for more detail. Uh, so, Oftentimes we allow folks to lie to us because we don't follow up with those kinds of questions, mm. um, challenging them. The best coaches in the world are the most skeptical coaches in the world. The best salespeople in the world are the most skeptical salespeople in the world. When we when it smells like bullshit, we want to make sure that it is or isn't. Mm. Now we're not we're not mean. We're not unprofessional. We're not uh, arrogant about it, but we don't allow those voices in the back of our head to go unlistened to. We mm. listen to them and we act upon. Mm. Is it possible there are sometimes where people could talk in some circular reasoning uh, just because they haven't quite figured it out and they're talking themselves into clarity? It, very much so. Um, and, and maybe it's not a problem for you. Maybe it is. Yeah. You know, if, if, uh, if uh, a client tells me, you know, James, I'm not sure why we're meeting, you know, we have no issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they, no issue. What that means is no issues that they can identify. Yeah. And I might say, well, great. So what was the interest in having the conversation? Mm -hmm. um, right. And so if I'm selling technology, I know that every business on the planet uses technology. I also know that every, every business on the planet um, um, goes through ebbs and flows of, of having that technology optimized and not. I also know that every business on the planet has a team of IT people that are overwhelmed uh, with the ability to deliver on the, on the requirements of the business. So I know that every business in the world has a challenge at some point, whether this person knows it or not, is unwilling to admit it or not, is not the, you know, it's good to know, but my job is to help them see the light, right? And recognize that they can't lie to me, lie to me the way they're lying to themselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Herbert's quote out of Dune, uh, real boat, show me somebody that says, you know, there's no problems. And I'll say to you, real boats rock, you know, they're on the water, <laughs> every boat rocks, everything has problems. But I do, right. I do think there are leaders, and this is a, a point that I think I've found effective in walking through the lens model. There are leaders who are verbal processors and they're talking in a circular way, but it is circular in concentric circles getting to 
a better and more clear answer. The difference is with the WINS model, you actually guide and coach them in a more efficient way by asking them the questions uh, to help them get to that honest assessment. So if you're later in the game and you're still, they're still being circular in your language, there was a shadow somewhere, something was missed. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is a collaboration. So, um, you know, if they're talking a circular way to get to, to get to truth, then, then it's working. The process is working. And so I'll just keep being inquisitive until we can get there. Um, I think, what we're what I was talking about before was this idea of identifying clues or recognizing clues that perhaps somebody is either trying to con me or um, trying to test me or maybe just really doesn't understand. And so this is a clue for me to spend more time. Either way, it's a clue for me to spend more time on that subject until I'm satisfied. And you know, the big mistake that most leaders make and many salespeople make is that we we assume. We stop short of learning or knowing, we just assume, and we settle for assuming that we think we know the answer, and we move on. Mm. The, the worst kind of uh, experience I can have as a sales leader, when I interview my salespeople about the quality of an opportunity, and, I, and they use the word, I think. Mm. You think they are, or you know they are, right? Mm-hmm. No, I know they are. Okay, what makes you... No, they are. What evidence do you have? Why is it so important to have the evidence? Because this is what makes us great. The fact that we collect the evidence and then we can use that evidence to determine whether or not, whether we can determine the predictability of success. And if the evidence is not predictive of success, then we don't gather it next time. We gather new evidence. But by having that evidence and having somebody hold us accountable for that evidence, we now can not only do the work, but do the work really well. And we can progressively get better and we can get better at executing this predictable pattern of success and achieve higher levels of performance. Beautiful. Can I offer a new tagline that will land this plane awesome? The WINS model, protecting the world from mansplaining with questions. That's basically what you just said is nobody needs mansplaining. And the reason mansplaining is so terrible and exists is because we assume. And of course, men have mansplained in sales for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) No words at that marketing brilliance. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. We could spend uh, an hour on this topic. I know we have to rock, but um, I hope this was helpful for the group, think about this. Think about what the wind's model does for you. You are developing understanding at the beginning of the conversation by asking great questions, learning, and building rapport as you're learning. Tension lowers. Then you're going to start asking, you're going to start pushing back and asking tougher questions, maybe even questions they can't answer. At that level, you're establishing that lower level of tension, you're establishing trust. Now they're willing to be more authentic and more vulnerable with you. And then as you gather this data and this information, now you're going to start, um, now you're going to start creating, earning respect as tension rises by actually holding them accountable for what they are and are not doing well, for what their needs are and are not, so that you can really hold, you can really 
get insight into what's happening inside that organization. They will share with you when they respect you. You're, you're raising the tension again, and then your job is to um, summarize, right? Talk about what you've heard, help to articulate what you've learned, get their agreement as the tension lowers, and now you can close for the next step in the process. You just did that now for this episode, summarized and closed. And I'm here to provide marketing ideation and say you could do easy questions when tense as a marriage or relationship course. There you go, baby. (laughs) It's universal, man. It is universal. It is. That's why I love it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. Yes. May connect with me. Check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace. Peace.